Welcome to RADcast, a series of youth-created podcasts showcasing the Allegheny Regional Asset District, RAD, which provides financial support to Allegheny County's libraries, parks and trails, arts and cultural organizations, regional attractions, sports and civic facilities, and public transit. I'm Morgan McRae. Joining me this week is Autocheck. This episode includes segments on the Pittsburgh Arts and Lectures, as well as the Edgewood Symphony Orchestra. But first, we'll be taking a closer look at the Quantum Theater. So, Ara, this is actually your piece. So, can you tell us anything personally about the Quantum Theater? So, one thing that really caught my attention about this entire asset from the beginning was the fact that when I looked it up like on their website, they had no specific theater house. And I thought, that is so interesting because when you think of like theaters, you think of like the big grand stages and elaborate pits for the orchestra and mm. the beautiful curtains that you draw back. But Quantum Theater didn't have any of that. And I thought, that is so compelling. And I wonder why that is exactly. So, I had the opportunity to speak to a creative director from Quantum Theater. And they told me that the beauty of the Quantum Theater is the fact that they have moving sets for every play. So for example, I went to a play of Anton Chekhov's The Cherry Orchard, and they had the play on a elaborate handcrafted set on that field itself. And so I went outside and I sat down in my little wooden chair and I was so immediately transfixed. So that's what I love about quantum theater. Let's just jump straight into it. Let's jump in, yeah. When I was 14, my English teacher told me that Crime and Punishment by Dostoevsky was one of the hardest Russian novels she ever read. Naturally, I picked it up the next day. Little me had no idea what she was getting herself into, but since that day, I've loved Russian literature. Scattered across my bookshelves, they annotated copies of works like Anna Karenina, White Nights, and First Love. So, when I arrived at Wind Valley to watch the Quantum Theater's rendition of Anton Chekhov's The Terry Orchard, I was incredibly excited. Anton Chekhov is a famous writer known for his objective yet humorous takes on Russian society. But, like many Russian authors, he has a reputation for writing outdated and dry stories. Despite these assumptions, the Cherry Orchard is a performance filled with brilliant characters and moments that make me feel a roller coaster of emotions. The Cherry Orchard is about a former aristocratic family that, after losing most of their wealth, has to sell their beloved orchard to repay their debt. It is a story that depicts the profound and everlasting nature of change. As a rising senior in high school, college applications and graduation remind me constantly of the fact that my life is in perpetual motion. As I prepare to enter the next stage of my life, I resonate even more with this play, as it illustrates the beauty, denial, and grief that come with leaving things behind. The beauty of Chekhov is that his stories are witty and dynamic. They illustrate the issues of his time in a way that doesn't sacrifice humor. The beauty of quantum theater is that its original performances could be appreciated by people who've never read Russian literature. Unlike your typical theater house, the Quantum Theater prides itself on being mobile, with productions hosted in various locations around Allegheny County. The, quote, theater that moves you, uses unorthodox environments like skating rinks or former steel mills to transport the audience into their stories. The Cherry Orchard was performed outdoors in a handcrafted stage, taking advantage of Wonder Valley's scenic greenery and nearby railroad stations to depict the play's dominant setting. As I watched this performance, I could smell the scent of fresh grass and hear the sounds of incoming trains. All my senses were immersed in the storyline the Quantum Theater carefully created. At the beginning of the play, the main characters are admiring the beauty of the blooming flowers in their orchard, but as the audience is taking in the senior with the protagonist, a flock of birds passes through the sky in perfect harmony. These moments of serendipity happen thanks to the care the Quantum Theater puts into its craft. This production of The Cherry Orchard helped me appreciate Russian storytelling even more intimately. More than that, I was also profoundly impacted by the way this play echoed my own emotions about change. The Quantum Theater's philosophies of innovation and uniqueness were upheld as I loved what was, in my opinion, one of the best theatrical performances of my life. If you would like to learn more about future Quantum Productions, follow their Instagram at Quantum Theater or go to quantumtheater.com. 
I really loved the piece and you seem really fully immersed, like you said, all five senses in mm. the play. Tell me a little bit more about the senses that you were able to feel when you were sitting in that field. I was able to definitely see the emotion and the passion in every actor as they performed. They all came from different theater houses around Pittsburgh and even outside of Pittsburgh, but they all had this unique passion and love for what they were doing in their play specifically. I was able to even tune into an actor Q&A after the entire performance ended. Even the director herself in this play in particular, the founder of Quantum Theater is actually one of the main characters in the performance, so she wow. personally comes in and acts as one of the characters. And so hearing her speak about the theater that she created, but also the play that she was able to contribute to, she spoke about it with so much love, so much passion. She spoke about having this script for this play made personally with the help of her coworkers and such, and the fact that she was able to find old transcripts and old ideas for it, and that she specifically wanted this play to be in an open field setting. The fact that there was such a careful attention to detail really made me captivated by the entire process and the entire theater in turn. I think that the quantum theater is definitely taking a unique approach to theater. Mm, absolutely. Um, we never think like, this is like an outdoor setting, so why not put it outside? And I think that like innovative and creative mindset really sets the quantum theater completely mm. apart from everything else. It reminds me of like older forms of storytelling, if that makes sense. Because I, when I think of theater, I think of something like, as you said, so elaborate, but also so still. But the thing about quantum theater is that they're able to transport you literally when you go to a new stage that is built into a new story. And that form of storytelling that is so dynamic, it really evokes ideas of change, ideas of innovation, and ideas of love for the craft, and ideas of a new story that is available at your fingertips. It's so much more than watching a show. It's being like in the show. Mm -hmm. You're right there with Absolutely. the characters. Yeah, the intimacy was unmatched for sure. Well, amazing piece. Thank, Thank you, you much. so much for making it. It was great. Mm -hmm. Up next, we have the Edgewood Symphony Orchestra, a piece by Katie Green. My family grew up in the Edgewood area, so it's definitely a place of deep culture and history mm. for me. So I'm excited to see what Katie had to say and honestly what this piece brought. So. Absolutely. Let's go see. Let's hear. City dwellers like to think they know their city, every nook, cranny, and obscure group or event. However, this is impossible to do. And every so often, something awesome slips through the cracks. One of these underappreciated opportunities is the Edgewood Symphony Orchestra, according to longtime member and founder Marilyn Myers. I've heard people say that it's the best-kept secret in Pittsburgh. And we are widely known now as the premier community orchestra in the area. The ESO, one of Pittsburgh's few remaining volunteer orchestras, truly is a hidden gem. Their goal is to bring affordable music to the eastern part of Pittsburgh while creating a meaningful community. It's wonderful to look around and see all these dedicated people playing their instruments, and you've been a part of having that happen is why it's so important to me. It feels like I have accomplished something in my rather long life. Some say the ideal age to learn an instrument is four to seven, like learning a new language. Despite discovering music much later, the orchestra has become an important part of Marilyn and her husband Dick's lives. One day in my 40s, was working late at work and heard a sound of a clarinet coming from down the hallway, and I wandered down, and the fellow said that he belonged to this uh, group called the Wilkinsburg Symphony Orchestra. And so I went to a rehearsal, and I asked the conductor at the time if I could have some of that music to take home and try to learn to play. And he said, absolutely not. If I give you my music, you will take it home, you'll try to play it, you'll fail, and I'll never see you with my music again. And he insisted I take lessons, and so I joined that Wilkinsburg Symphony. Dick joined the Wilkinsburg Symphony Orchestra just as it was falling apart. 
However, Marilyn, who was already part of this orchestra, was determined to continue playing music with a community she loves. She gathered what was left and found a new home for the orchestra in Edgewood, forming the Edgewood Symphony Orchestra. The Myers have both been an important part of the orchestra from the beginning. They play in the orchestra, volunteer, and have served as treasurer, personnel manager, and president. I asked them what their favorite memory was from their 35 long years of playing in the orchestra. I think it's when we were playing Schubert's Unfinished Symphony. I looked over and caught Dick's eye at exactly that moment. That was the most wonderful thing, to uh, be playing this music with my love. Rather than attempting to follow up that touching memory with one of his own, Dick chose to share a dream he has for the orchestra instead. It's always been my dream to be uh, censured by the fire marshal for having a sellout. COVID set them back on his goal, but after two chaotic years, the symphony is returning with another season. This season, they will feature local composers from the Pittsburgh area, as well as pieces from the first black woman to ever music played by a major orchestra, Florence Price. The symphony isn't just for the players, though. They do need an audience. Tickets are free for small children, $10 for students, and 15 for everyone else. In addition to attending their performances, you can interact with the Edgewood Symphony Orchestra by donating, volunteering, or becoming a board member. For more information, visit edgewoodsymphony.org. That was amazing. I love that sweet couple. They oh my are God. the cutest. By the end of it, I was like, let me buy my ticket right now. We yeah. have to go immediately. We have to go right now. <laughs> I love how Katie mentioned that Edgewood really does focus, and it has a lot of people from East Pittsburgh. And I do think, as someone who grew up in East Pittsburgh, it does have a lower representation sometimes. Mm-hmm. It isn't afforded sometimes those same opportunities to be in an orchestra or, you know, practice that music. And I don't mm-hmm. know why, but there's not a lot of facilities like that. So... It's honestly beautiful to see that, like, these two took their passion to this place with so much rich history and made something completely new. And the fact that they came together to, like, build this community for themselves when they saw it, like, falling apart. I'm a big sap. I love romance stories. And they just had the cutest journey together, like, through their love for music and each other. I thought that was so sweet. It's so picturesque. And honestly, it just makes you want to support this orchestra all the more because you know that so much passion for it went into the orchestra itself. I love the story that Dick told about like first getting into music because no matter how late in life that you start, you can still build something off this passion and make it everything mm-hmm. you've wanted it to be. Yeah, building off your ideas, like whether or not like it's from where you live geographically or how old you are, they really did illuminate the fact that there is no limit on music and when you can learn it and when you can appreciate it. And that is what I think the Edgewood Symphony Orchestra really does espouse beautifully. The fact that no matter who you are, where you come from, you can connect to music and you can find that community, you can find that strength. And that is beautiful. And it's not just about already knowing how to sing or be an orchestra member it's Mm -hmm. about the learning in the community and I think that's something that a lot of people benefit from you know you see the word orchestra and you're like I don't really know anything about orchestra I don't know if I can join but this community will foster that education and I think that's truly beautiful it's welcoming it is very sweet the sweetest people (laughs) you ever meet from the sounds of it and yeah it just seems so satisfying so Katie's an amazing job with this piece I think (laughs) and honestly makes me super excited to go see a show absolutely we'll go together so lastly, we are going to listen to a piece by Henry Bard about the Pittsburgh Arts and Lectures. In a city full of thriving art, one place stands out for the literature fans, and that's Pittsburgh Arts and Lectures. 
Pittsburgh Arts and Lectures is a nonprofit group partnered with the Carnegie Library of Pittsburgh that brings and highlights writers and creatives alike from all over the globe to share their works with Pittsburgh. The mission of Pittsburgh Arts and Lectures is to connect celebrated authors with the community, elevate civil discourse, and inspire creativity and a passion for the literary art. Notable writers they have featured recently include Tanahasi Coates, author of Black Panther, Richard Russo, author of Empire Falls, and Sherman Alexie, author of The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian. Working now out of both the Carnegie Lecture Hall and Music Hall, their first lecture was in 1991 with Annie Dillard at the Byam Theater downtown. From there, the program grew in volume and would feature such writers as August Wilson. The program now boasts five signature series and partners with area schools and nonprofit organizations to maximize the impact of visiting writers. I was lucky enough to sit down with one of their featured writers, Ruth Ware, for a chat about her writing. I'm Ruth Ware. I'm the author of uh, The Woman in Cabin 10, One by One, and my most recent novel is The It Girl. I think primarily all of my novels centre on a, a kind of a what if or something that bugs me about a situation that I've encountered or a fear that I have or something that I'm concerned about. So I think in general writing my novels although they tend to explore some of the kind of darker possibilities is actually pretty cathartic. I, I get to work through my own fears and worries and come out the other side having hopefully reassured myself. My characters are often described as unreliable narrators, but truthfully, I think that we're all fairly unreliable narrators of our own existence. And, and the fact that my characters aren't always completely sure about what happened or jump to conclusions or fill in the gaps or their memories aren't completely photographically reliable, I think is just a more truthful reflection of the way we go through the world. When asked about her connection to her writings, Ruth's answer regarding her unreliable narrators was quite intriguing. Her explanation of how she plots her novels was even more so. I write very much as I read, and I read in order to find out what happens, and I write for the same reasons. And it's, I think it's not completely fair to say that I don't plot at all, because as a mystery novelist, I think for me anyway, it's fairly essential to know who did it and why. The dynamic of the intellectual feeling, coupled with the laid-back and comfortable feeling of the event, made the lecture hall feel less like a lecture and more like a conversation. Hearing Ruth talk so candidly and the audience respond as such was refreshing and made the event enjoyable. To find out more about arts and lectures and possibly reserve a ticket yourself, go to pittsburghlectures.org. That piece was wonderful. I actually caught a lecture last year from mm -hmm. Drew Harjo. She was the poet laureate, and she had written Poet Warrior, and I read it and listened to her lecture, and it was so good. Mm -hmm. The book was great, but her lecture was even better. And I like that Arts and Lectures really has access to area schools. It really does expose students to like a whole new world. It's almost like a book club. Like, mm -hmm. It exposes students to this whole new world of people who have read these books, have enjoyed this literature, and getting to sit in with the author and talk about it is really amazing. I do think that Henry did a great job of really telling us about this author without giving us her whole story like her book seems really interesting I'm I might go pick it up and it can truly inspire also young writers as well to be able to directly see these authors and see like you know the way that they've been able to come into their work the thought process behind their literature and that can be really insightful for a lot of these younger writers who hope to have a lot of takeaways for their future if you're able to see yourself in that position where you're also giving a lecture and you're able to have that connection with somebody who you think is, you know, inspiring and valuable, you know, it just builds room for a lot more conversation. So I feel like it really is also an amazing tool for the youth of today.
if you go and see a lecture with that author that either you don't know or you do know, it may inspire you to write your own or to read somebody mm-hmm. else's work and look at it from a different perspective. Arts and Lecture is extremely beneficial. That was a great piece. Absolutely. And did an amazing job. All right. Well, that is a wrap for episode four. Aura, how do you feel? I feel very entertained. I feel very smart. Mm-hmm. I feel very, like, cultured. Lots of places that we have to go in the next couple months. Mm-hmm. We Lots have to shows. go to a moving theater. We have to go catch the orchestra. I want to meet Marilyn and Dick, too. I want I to do. see if I can catch them and be like, I really Hello. do. You inspired me. I hope to have a love <laughs> as great as yours. But right. that's me living my own romantic, sappy dreams. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks to the support from Rad, we're able to continue doing these episodes. Mm-hmm. So with that, we will see you all next time. See you next time.